Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today I talked with Sion, an aspiring music manager, about the importance of family, authenticity in the music industry, and the truth about earning a college degree. So a quick note about this episode, there was an audio delay that developed at a couple different points along this podcast, and it sounds like Sion is actually talking over me, and this is absolutely not the case. During the interview, she was absolutely lovely to talk to, very polite. That perceived interrupting is an audio malfunction, not Sion. So apart from that, this episode is super fun to record, and I hope you all enjoy. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, As always, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to speak with me. So why don't you start by introducing yourself and give us a little bit about your background. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So my name is Sion. I'm 22 years old, just graduated college about a year ago from Mount St. Mary's University, and now I'm just a full-time working gal (laughs) trying to figure it out amongst everything, you know, else that's going on in the world. But um, yeah, just a simple girl, love my family, love my friends, and just trying to, you know, make it through this pandemic (laughs) like we all are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what was it like growing up in your home? So I'm from Los Angeles. Um, I grew up mostly in South Central LA, like towards USC, downtown LA, that area. And then I moved out to the San Fernando Valley when I was about eight or nine. We moved out to Woodland Hills and it's a huge difference because my mom and my, my grandma, my grandparents actually, Uh, moved to LA and they're from Mississippi. And so I grew up in kind of like a Southern-ish kind of home, a Southern with California, like flair (laughs) kind of home. And it was so much fun just because like our house was always filled with people like, you know, family, family, friends. And when I moved out to the Valley, it just was me, my mom and my sisters. And so we just like it was a different like it's still the same core but moving out on our own like we didn't have like my cousins weren't as around as as much as they used to be and you know um i re- actually recently my grandfather grandfather passed away last june or actually this june and that's been pretty hard on us but for the most part like growing up was so like deep deep deeply rooted in family because it was just like, we're pretty much all we had. And so, um, yeah, it was just like, just family, family, family all the time. Anytime, like for Labor Day this weekend, we're getting together to do barbecue and eat together. We always need some reason (laughs) to come together as a family. Yeah, that's awesome. So what would you say your happiest childhood memory would be? Happiest childhood memory... I think being able to play outside, like (laughs) I look at my sisters and they're 12 (laughs) and eight and they're so glued to their iPads and devices. And I I guess love that for them because they're just, you know, chilling. But I don't think they understand the value of really being able to play outside. Like I was always with my neighborhood friends running around doing whatever. And it just seems like so much more fun to be more imaginative and creative rather than 
just, you know, staring at a screen for days on end watching YouTube channels. I mean, it's the current situation now, but I think my favorite memories just being able to go outside and play and all day, especially in summer when there's no like deadline, there's no time like, oh, I have to go back in the house to do homework. Like it's just your own free time. I miss that. I miss genuine free time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, how do you think people close to you would describe you in three words? Definitely caring. Um, funny <laughs> and caring funny and um it's like a tie between like creative and just like very like personable like every time I go to a party like I meet a lot of people and like it's a slow start for me because I'm kind of like shy and reserved. I'm not ever the type to just be like, hi, I'm Sion. Like, da, 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 da. I'll let it like warm up. <laughs> but by the end of the night, like I'm talking to everyone and it's just like, I think my friends like realize that. Like I'm just like, it may seem like I'm shy and I'm not going to talk to anybody, but I just need like a minute to warm up. But yeah, caring, funny and personable. Gotcha. Um, so right now, what would you say your main motivation is? My main motivation is to keep going with music. Um, I've been listening. I've been a fan of music like forever my whole life. I grew up listening to hip hop, R&B with my mom and dad, and then like soul, um, 80s music with like my grandparents. And so I really want to do something with music like as a career kind of as an artist on the side, but I really want to get into like artist management to really help other artists, um, you know, develop their craft and also hold people accountable because um, I don't know if you know the, about the Kesha situation that happened a few uh, years ago. That was such a very public instance for a situation that's not uncommon. You know, it's very common for producers to hold their artists captive and for their labels to hold them captive. And I don't think that has any place in a in a field where we're making music to help people feel good, where we're helping them. You know, we have a job to do for the greater good. It's not always about like, you know, the cash flow at the end of the day. So my main motivation is to get into that industry and um really try to make somewhat of a difference just to, you know, help other artists be the best they can be. Yeah. So I'm not familiar with the Kesha situation. So yeah, of you course. So that, um, please. basically her producer, Dr. Luke, if I'm saying this correctly, uh, just had a lot of allegation towards him about um, the leave like sexual conduct and just a lot of like bad things. And then on top of that, he was um, withholding her music. So a lot of the time, if you're producing a song, you get most of the credit because you make the song, you've put in the work to make the beats and stuff. But sometimes as an artist, when you're songwriting, that credit should be just as, this, you know, match that amount of work put in, but that's not always the case. So they had to go to like court 
and like she lost i think the original battle but she appealed and and it's kind of spotty because it has been a while ago but for the most part it was a very like public thing of like i just want my music and the same thing kind of happened to taylor swift with um her previous albums because she was under a contract technically they're not hers but how can you say that to someone who wrote who put a pen to paper and wrote those songs so those are the kind of situations that happen to artists everywhere and specifically to women because you know it's just for some reason (laughs) it just happens like that where women are always like you know, put in this corner of like, well, you're a woman, I need to control, like from a man, man, a male manager's point of view, like, oh, I need to control you and I got it. Don't worry about it, doll face. And it's like, no, I want to own what I wrote. And that's really um, the issue that seems to keep happening in the music industry on lower levels, but still, it's just, it's not right. Yeah. So I think, it sounds like you would be wanting to enter into the music industry to kind of change that per per what's the word like yeah. perception mm-hmm. i guess absolutely yeah. it's just so important that artists feel you know not only just secure with what they're doing as a craft but also as a person a lot of times and i'm actually struggling with this now as i'm starting to um perform more that I have to separate myself from being Sion and being Cece. And that's not always easy when being the artist is your job 24-7. You know, some of the like higher up celebrities have that break. They can just choose like, okay, I'm not going to post today or I'm not going to do anything. But for people who are starting from the ground, like the bottom level, they really have to be pushing. And I think it's like really important to have those foundations to help artists grow and not just, you know, use them, like I said, for like cash flow. Yeah. So how did you get into music? Because I know you said you listened a lot with your family. And do you also think that um, where you lived had an impact on um, kind of when you decided to get into music oh, and take yeah, it more absolutely. seriously? I, um, so being just around music in general um, prompted me to start singing. So I've been singing since I was seven and I've always gotten into choirs because I love to perform on my own, but I felt more like you feel different when you're in a choir. You can hear all the different uh, tones melting together and it's such a crazy sound to be a part of. So that's how I really got into music on that side. And then I went to my high school, Champ Charter High School, for performing arts. And I was in the music academy, still doing choir. And then I finally started um, branching out on my own a little, doing solo performances and even participating in the um, school musical as one of the like lead roles. So I just kept going and going and going with it until now I got to this point of like, okay, I know I can sing, but what more can I do? Because in my opinion, everyone can sing. I think it's a matter of you just practicing, training, and um, and you'll you know you can get it. It's not you know I have a gift, but you know everyone can work towards it. So I just kept going with it. And when I got into college for business, um, 
I realized that singing would be fun as a side gig, but what really would bring more like value to me, like intrinsic value to me. So I was thinking like management, artist management, do I want to own a whole label? That's how I actually started. I I remember freshman year, I was like, okay, I'll just own a music label. <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> okay, girl, you might need to bring it down a little. <laughs> so throughout my college years, I was able to keep bringing the idea down a little to have a starting place. I knew eventually I would, you know, go to own my own label, but I needed to know where to start. And that would be um, Artists and Repertoire, where they, or A&R, where they help do brand management and a lot of um, publishing for music just to get it distributed to like radio and all that stuff. So that's kind of how I got to the business side of it. But I've always been a fan of music. I love listening to music. I had this one time um, in college where every Friday for the New Music Friday playlist on Spotify, I would just listen to it top to bottom because I was, you know, I listen to the same things all the time. Like I, two years ago, I was so obsessed with Ariana's, uh, Ariana Grande's Sweetener just because it's so good. And for her to come out six months later with Thank You Next is like almost like a continuation of that. It's just so much fun. I love hearing artists um, change their style and just, you know, see what's new because there's so many other artists. There's so many, so much music to listen to. I still have albums I need to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, so I know you said you went to a performing Arts mm-hmm. high school, is that correct? And then you you ended up going to college for business. So can you right. explain that? <laughs> so I did not, like any high schooler, I didn't know what I was doing after high school. I knew I had to go to college because my aunt, um, she's literally been in school for as long as I've been alive. And she has several degrees. Just, you know, she's like a reverend now. And I told my, and my dad is actually the one who's like, you have to go for business. He's always been in my ear about business, investing, all this stuff. And like, I still to this day don't have a personal connection to business. It just comes to me. But I did it because I know business is a very easy thing to fall back on. Like you can pretty much get anywhere with a business degree. But if you think about all the college students in the world who have degrees in general and then have business degrees, too, doesn't necessarily help. So I went half for the college experience, you know, meeting friends, going out, partying, all that jazz. But also because I knew after high school it was going to lead me somewhere if I wasn't if I didn't know what I was going to do starting, I should have an idea after. And so I'm really grateful for that. However, I still 100% believe that college is a scam unless you know 100% what you're doing. I, I mean that because I went to a private high school and a high school college, and I paid a lot of money just to be there. And I don't think that's fair for a lot of kids who are just trying to get an education. Like granted, I did live in a single dorm because 
God forbid I have a roommate I don't like and now I can't listen to Hamilton for three hours straight. Like, (laughs) so those are the things I can accept responsibility for. But I just think as a whole, as a system for college and universities, it shouldn't be profitized, sure, (laughs) the way it um, the way it currently is. And I mean, you see it now with a lot of colleges, not even, um, you know, high placing the same tuition for online courses. It's like, that's not fair. I am not even there. Yeah. You know, no one's physically there. How do you have the same tuition when the education itself is limited? Yeah. And I just went because I knew business was something that I could find an avenue for anyway. And then as my minor, I did psychology. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to bore myself to death for four years with business, I might as well do something fun. So psychology was very fun for me. And in my junior year, I joined my college choir. So I I eventually fell back into music. It's just, you know, I had to be a little more sensible at the time. Yeah. So do you think earning your business degree has helped with um, kind of pursuing your path as um being involved in music management? For the degree itself, it hasn't necessarily worked out for me yet. You know, I'm grateful to have my full-time job doing customer service, but like, <laughs> it's not, I've been doing customer service that. for years, girl. I am so tired of it. <laughs> I appreciate, <laughs> and like, I appreciate people who are really working, just sidebar, I really appreciate people who are working with these customers that don't want to wear masks. I don't, I don't understand how that's an issue. And it's really like heartbreaking to see them like get paid minimum wage to fight this person who's screaming in their face without a mask. Like it's beyond like customer service is beyond (laughs) anything that we're, you know, usually used to, but um, ooh, what was the question again? <laughs> um, yes, how business does that degree, help me? <laughs> music management. Um, yes, yes. it hasn't really, honestly, it hasn't helped me yet, but I established a lot of connections while I was in college. So, um, I did an internship with this publishing company in Burbank, California, just working with their artists and setting up like, um, Instagram posts, kind of like social media in a way. And then I met this other woman who was a music um, industry professor. And that's like just my luck. Like I graduate and they finally bring in like a music industry minor. So (laughs) so I was able to talk to her and hang out and she's still like one of my close connections. So that's pretty much my college in a nutshell. Like I have a whole bunch of connections in general, not necessarily just for music. But for the degree itself, it's just a piece of paper. And I don't want to shit on, oh, sorry, I don't know if I can. (laughs) Okay. I don't want to discourage people to not go to college or feel like if you're in college, it's a waste of time. But half the battle is knowing what you want to do. Because when the student loans come and hopefully you don't ever have to take out loans, that's a whole different ball game and interest is not your friend (laughs) it is not your friend (laughs) so I just that is my biggest thing like I'm just saying like if you ever like please 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 make sure you know someone something you enjoy 
not not necessarily what brings in the most money or what your parents want you to do, just what brings you joy. And if you need a degree for that, go for it. If not, figure it out. Get some internships, start doing something. Yeah, and I think like, I mean, I don't know, just like in today's society, it's kind of like, all right, like graduate high school, go to college, obviously, why would you do anything else? And I think there's also a lot of other options besides necessarily going straight into undergrad yeah so um okay so right now do you think that you are making a difference with the way you live your life that's a really good question um I try I think making a difference in my opinion is being as nice as possible and very um understanding and almost empathetic I don't know how like I don't think everyone understands. You can be sympathetic, but being empathetic is very, very important because, you know, like everyone is very different and we all come from different backgrounds and different situations where it's like, you know, no two people are raised the same. And I think being nice, being open to those differences would help us be in a better position, you know, as a country and as a, you know, as from a global perspective too, like I went to um, Spain two years ago to study abroad and just being in Europe is such a different like feeling, like they're very community-based, they're, you know, it's, and they have like siesta. Have you heard of siesta before? Okay, so like that's so yeah, cool. Like so. why do we work 40 hours yeah. a week and get like 48 hours to recover? Like that's so that's so weird. <laughs> so to me it's just like I think specifically just for our country in general, we really need to be more like nicer to each other. It's so and it's so easy to do. I think like I use um Twitter for mostly like news and just for whatever. And I see so many people say so many hateful things just because they can. And it's like, just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you necessarily need to share it just because you have a quote unquote platform to do so. And so I, that's, I, I think I'm making a difference by trying to be nicer to people and really, you know, stop, you know, don't judge people just and open communication in every in every relationship and anything just you know really hear people out and not you know hold grudges and stuff the simple things <laughs> yeah I mean especially just like I don't know running into one person or two people a day and just like I don't know like that extra level of like trying to like be nice and mm-hmm. be empathetic like you said can go a long way with with them so yeah. Um, what are your future plans right now? Future plans, saving as much money as I can. Um, I am grateful in that sense for quarantine because I'm not going out as much and balling out of control. <laughs> but yeah, definitely saving. Um, I just bought this book called um, All the Things You Need to Know About the Music Business. And it's like as big as a Harry Potter book. <laughs> So I'm super excited, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) that's pretty much my goal. Like music is like my everything. I have this, like, it's kind of like the cliche 
tattoo where it's like the bass clef. Are you familiar with the? Um, so yes, I have a bass yes. clef and a treble clef um, as a heart on my wrist. And I could find like three other people from my graduating class who have that as well. But it's such like <laughs> a helpful reminder to me, like no matter what's going on, like you still have music. Like music is still going to be the forefront of what I want to do like of every day. So that's that's pretty much my plan for the future. Just keep working towards music, um, you know, try to prioritize myself since you know, I'm home all the day, home all the time, try to work out and stuff and just, you know, really center myself. Because I think when we were allowed to go outside, I was so busy. I never gave myself time to like chill. So I'm trying to learn how to do that, too, because I've always had a schedule to adhere to. So now I'm making I'm forcing myself to take self-care weekends. <laughs> so I try to schedule that in like once a month. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, that was really cool. And it was nice to hear um, a little bit of insight into the music industry, especially you being in L.A. So mm. thank you for that. And thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. Hey, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed Sion's story and her insight into the music industry in LA. Stay tuned for more episodes and follow this podcast at Perspectives the Podcast on Instagram to stay updated on episode releases. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you on the next one.